Welcome to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom. This is the podcast where I speak with people who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. Today, I'm speaking with a man who found himself caught up in the criminal legal system when his friend made a decision that changed both of their lives, but it was his experience in that system that has forged his path forward to where he is and who he is today. This is not a theoretical exercise for us. Most of the folks inside of the organization have been directly impacted by the criminal legal system, whether they're formerly incarcerated, whether they are survivors of crime, folks with family in the system, and in some cases, folks who've actually worked in that system and across all of those categories are indicting the system, saying that we need transformation. His unique perspective has brought him to the helm of Galaxy Gives Criminal Justice Reform Portfolio. Alex Duran, right now on Righteous Convictions. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom. That's me. And today I've got a guy who you just have to hear what he has to say. Our guest today is Alex Duran. And Alex is, this is this title doesn't do him justice. And justice is <laughs> a strange word to choose in this particular case. But anyway, he is the program officer overseeing Galaxy Gives Criminal Justice Reform Portfolio. And he has a unique perspective and a unique set of skills. And without further ado... Alex, welcome to Righteous Convictions. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. And Alex, your background, we can't leave that out, okay? Because it really informs everything that you're doing now. And then it's all about how you use those experiences to create a life of meaning, right? So that's what we're here to talk about. So, what, so tell us about your childhood growing up. So I was raised on the west side of the Bronx, a neighborhood called University Heights, which, by the way, gets its name from the fact that New York University's undergraduate school was based there from 1894 to 1973, when NYU basically gave up on the Bronx because it had an economic crisis, crime was rising in the city, and they just totally pulled out. The city of New York systematically disinvested in my community. My parents immigrated from the Dominican Republic in the late 70s, and I moved to University Heights in 1980. Coming out of my house in the morning as it was sort of sidestepping a landmine of, of crack vials, 
it was a community that was heavily criminalized. I think around 10% of 25-year-old folks there um, have a college degree. So I'm a product of that. I also believe in individual agency. You know, I made some choices that put me in a situation that I ended up with a 14-year sentence. I wasn't a shooter on my case. I had a co-defendant that was the person who fired the gun that ultimately killed a young man in 2005. I didn't know that my co-defendant was going to take someone's life. Later on, we were both charged with murder in the second degree. I was offered three and a half years to testify on my co-defendant. I didn't take it. I stuck to the code of the streets that you never snitch. And we both ended up pleading guilty to 14 years in prison. And I definitely regret the choices I've made, but the sort of series of events that led me to be there on that day, I think that our country and the way that we sort of designed these communities because of redlining, a whole bunch of other policies that created the conditions, like I said, that made me make some you know decisions of survival, essentially, and also the culture that that creates the violence that that engenders, it's all sort of interconnected. So you end up a very young man, right? 21 years old when you went to prison, you end up with this 14-year sentence. How did you turn this around? What kept you going before you turned it around? And then what was it that, that sort of lit that fuse inside of you that unleashed this you know, beautiful human that so many people know and respect and look up to now? You know, I would say reading um, saved my life. I remember going into solitary confinement and I wish I could remember this guy's name because he actually saved my life. It was my neighbor and he left the box like two days after I got there. By the second day, I was just, you know, one, I was sort of just playing over like the events that led to incarceration, wondering why I should have stayed home that day. Why did I, you know, when I got a call from my friend, why did I go? I should have stayed with my girlfriend. Like you, you just play the scenario so many times and you beating yourself up. I got there with a full set of hair and I used to wake up every morning with gobs of hair on my pillow because of the stress, Uh, because I was dealing with that deep shame and stigma, having hurt my family. And like, I threw my life away. Alex, the three books that this guy left you, the guy who you referred to as the guy who saved your life, which three were they? They were all mafia books. It was The Murder Machine. There was another book about the rise and fall of the Gambino crime family. And then there was another book about the five crime families of New York. And even though, you know, those books, you're just talking about crime, just gave me something to occupy my mind because the, the monotony of solitary confinement is the thing that hurts you the most, not having something to do with it. As you're like basically just looking up at the wall. So... Yeah, that that gentleman, he was an angel. It's great. You're saved by the mafia. That's a good story. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the fact that you spent 12 years in prison, right, including much of that time in solitary confinement. And then, you know, it's it's really the, the transformation that you underwent during that time 
and I've read some incredible things, how you were influenced by Plato, among other people, and how Bard College became a very central part of your story and your journey. So I got my GD immediately after landing at Five Points Correctional Facility, one of the first maxes I went to when I was upstate. And then I transferred to Greenhaven Correctional Facility. It is known for having a lot of programs that I run by incarcerated people helping other men and mentoring them to do well. And that's where I got an opportunity to apply for the Bar College Prison Initiative program. It was life-changing because here I got the opportunity to really show that I could live a more meaningful life. And yeah, Plato was definitely a huge influence. I remember reading The Republic and The Power of the Cave is one of my favorite stories in that book when Socrates and Plato are arguing about what is enlightenment. And if you haven't read The Power of the Cave, it's a story of Socrates is trying to argue like, what is ignorance? So they say, imagine someone inside of a cave shackled, looking at a wall and behind them, there's a sort of a, a ventriloquist in front of a fire, projecting shadows on the wall in front of the person who's shackled. And if they were born into that, they're thinking that those shadows on the wall is reality. Imagine if you you were just to take the person out of the cave and outside into the sun and show them that that is reality. You know, what is the effect that that will have on that person? And I was like, shit. For a long time, I was the person inside of the cave. Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom is super excited and honored to have the support of a great organization like Galaxy Gives. Galaxy Gives leads the philanthropic efforts of the Novogratz family. They invest in organizations, campaigns, and leaders who are directly impacted by and working to dismantle the current punitive justice system. Galaxy Gives also builds power for the communities most harmed by mass incarceration and forges transformative solutions for responding to that harm. They envision a society where the structural barriers created by racism, poverty, and inequality are no more, where instead all people have the dignity, freedom, and rights needed to thrive. know, there's been a long held view that why should we educate people in prison when, you know, I can't even get education for my kids out here or whatever the hell the typical things that you hear about that. While we know, and you're the as good of an example as anyone of the transformative power of education in prison. And, and, you know, and for people on the outside who say, well, it doesn't affect me. It certainly does because 95% of the people that go to prison in America are more are coming home. So tell us a little bit about BARD. Of course, by BARD, I mean BARD Prison Initiative or BPI. So Jason, the argument that you're alluding to presumes that folks like me from black and brown communities, similar to the one that I came from, it presumes that we got a high quality education and that we somehow discarded it and decided to just one day step out of our house and commit a crime. That that could be the farthest from the truth. The fact is that in this country, we've made a series of policy choices, essentially, that has created the conditions 
for folks like me and so many other kids of my generation to not have pathways to opportunity, good jobs. And you know, just to take a step back, in 1994, the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act was signed. It had a provision there that people in prison weren't eligible to receive Pell Grants funding anymore. And that just completely decimated college and prison-based programs all over the country. And BARD sort of arose out of that. And they started to provide a high quality education to first, it was only like to 20 people. It has now expanded to six facilities, but that was transformational. And the Bar College Prison Initiative Program recidivism rate today is almost 0%. And that's in comparison to the national rate. 65% 65% of people released from prison return back to prison within three years. You don't have to be a statistician to understand those numbers, right? I mean, 0%, ladies and gentlemen, that's the value of education in prison. And it's not just BARD. You know, NYU has a prison education program. There's a lot of other places that do, but we all need to be pushing our legislators to establish more of these programs, not to take them away, because you're hearing it right now, the power of what it can do and how it can transform somebody. And I am here now and privileged to serve as program director of Galaxy Gives, managing a portfolio that invests around $20 million a year on ending mass incarceration in the United States. Tell us about Galaxy Gives, the mission, the programs, and how you're driving change from inside that organization. So Galaxy Gives is the family philanthropy of Mike and Suki Novogratz. And I got the honor of serving as program director. Um, And that organization started because of the injustices that Mike Novogratz started to get proximate to here in New York City. Yeah, we interviewed Mike Novogratz on Righteous Convictions. It was one of the more popular episodes. And um, the link to that interview will be in our bio. So please click on the link in the bio, check it out. You'll be inspired by his personal journey. I mean, he's a guy who's done extremely well in the world, you know, multiple times over, but you'd never know it to talk to him. He's a humble guy. And, uh, you know, Mike, if you're listening, (laughs) shout out to you. Shout out to to Mike Novogratz for sure. You know, our vision is to build a society in which the structural barriers created by racism, poverty, and inequality are no more. And where instead we live in a multiracial, fully representative democracy where all people have the dignity, abundance, freedom, and rights needed to thrive. Galaxy Gives is like no other philanthropic organization. And that's because this is not a theoretical exercise for us. Most of the folks inside of the organization have been directly impacted by the criminal legal system whether they're formerly incarcerated, whether they are survivors of crime and never got justice or healing from our criminal legal system, folks with family in the system, and in some cases, folks who've actually worked in that system and across all of those categories are indicting the system, saying that we need transformation. We have a particular set of lived experience that actually informs our work and the way that we think about our theory of change, which is building power in communities that have been systematically impacted by mass incarceration, advancing decarcerative policies, both at the front end of the system and reforming our pretrial laws 
and creating parity between public defenders and prosecutors. And at the back end of the system, providing second chance pathways for people serving long-term prison sentences and reforming our parole and probation laws. And then the last pillar of our work is forging transformative solutions. So if we don't believe that police is the answer to every crisis, what is the alternative? If we don't believe that a person should end up in a cage in every situation, what's the alternative to that? So we're sort of incubating and developing different alternatives that doesn't rely on incarceration all of the time. So can you give us an example of an idea or an initiative that you've been working on lately that you're most passionate about? Uh, I I want to say ending the slavery exclusion in the 13th Amendment. That's a campaign that is, well, one of the organizations that's leading it is Worth Rice's Bianca Tylek and also Daryl Atkinson at Forward Justice. If we are able to amend the Constitution to remove the slavery clause in the 13th Amendment, that would tremendously impact the way that we are currently doing business. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Galaxy gives criminal justice reform. They spent over $100 million on it already, and I think they're just getting warmed up. They're working on sports-based youth development, leadership, democracy, and healing. And they bet on, and I think this is so important because if you're listening and you have a bold idea, then write this down and get a hold of Galaxy Gives or get a hold of Alex and we'll give you some uh, well, some ways to do that. Because Galaxy Gives, their reputation has been built on betting on bold, successful justice reform projects, right? That includes the Bail Project, the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, and others. So they have a Galaxy Leaders Fellowship, which provides a one-time unrestricted award of 150000 to an annual cohort of 10 fellows. So you may be one of those people. Maybe you're in college. Maybe you've got an idea. Maybe you want to change the world. So write it down, get a hold of Alex, whatever. And of course, there will be links in the bio as well, the episode bio for you to be able to find the information that you need. You know, maybe you'll be the one that helps really crack the code on this awful and uniquely American problem. Now, Alex, we turn to what I believe is the most fun and interesting part of our show. So before I get to that, I want to thank you again. And there's two parts to our closing. The first one is called the magic wand question. It works like this. If you had a magic wand and could wave it and fix one problem, what would it be? The garbage. You may be like, what? That's exactly what I may be. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So let me explain. So mass incarceration is a set of systems that extracts resources and talent from historically marginalized communities. And the results of that is entrenched poverty, lack of economic opportunity, underfunded schools, and deteriorating neighborhoods, which are the root causes of violence. There was a study done by the University of Pennsylvania Urban Health Lab. They did a control study that showed that if you clean up the garbage, if you plant more trees, if you you know turn dilapidated buildings, um, you fix them up, that that will reduce crime by 20% in communities. Like we've talked about the broken window theory. But rather than criminalizing folks, nobody ever asks, why we don't just fix the damn window, right? So if you walk around New York City, for example, you're seeing so much garbage and litter and rats running rampant, 
right? That I think that's, that's, that's part of the failure of liberalism. The fact that we have so much garbage in our streets, go to California, 150,000 people living in the streets. That's a shameful thing that we have, right? And we need to care about these communities and we need to invest heavily in black and brown communities. And it starts by having clean streets. Because, you know, imagine, Jason, the sort of sense of ownership that you have inside of your home, right? If we had that same sense to our communities, we would have different outcomes. The reason why a lot of these communities feel that way is because we feel that they don't care about us. So why should I care about this? Right. And if we had clean streets, if we had more trees, if we had more green spaces, that would dramatically reduce the stress. It will forge deeper social connections in neighborhoods and it will improve public safety. So I would just say, you know, out of magic wand, I'll just clean up the garbage. That's not the answer I was expecting, but it's a good answer. And as a New Yorker, I can relate to it because it is a scourge in our city. Um, and obviously it's worse in the zip codes that are lower income zip codes, but it is it is a scourge all over the city and it needs to be fixed. And before we go to our closing, I'd like to remind our audience to tune in next week when we speak with Chris Brown, a veteran of gun violence prevention work who sees gun violence as a national health care crisis. And now the closing of our show is called Words of Wisdom. This is where I first of all thank you for joining us and sharing your perspective with our audience and then turn my microphone off, leave my headphones on, kick back in my chair and just listen to anything else you feel is left to be said. I forgot to say this. Part of the reason why we have so much trash and blight in our communities is because we pump in so much money into the police. They usually have the largest line item in city budgets in large cities in America. But if we were to reallocate resources from police departments and into sort of place-based investments in investing in communities infrastructure, fixing blight, dilapidated buildings, empty lots, and cleaning up the garbage, that will reduce crime more than any police department can. Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions with Jason Plum. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Jeff Clyburn, and Kevin Wardis, with research by Lila Robinson. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lava for Good. You can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram at It's Jason Flom. Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number 1. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.